Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Hi, Michelle Martin. Good morning. Asia-Pacific shares open mix this morning but are generally trading in positive territory now. The Nikkei is up half a percent amid signs that business sentiment is improving in Japan. Sydney and Seoul are both in the green as well. So what does the week ahead have in store for investors? Joining us now to help answer that question is Sunny Hamid. He is Director for Wealth Management at Financial Alliance. Good morning, Sunny. Good morning. U.S. regulatory authorities granted emergency authorization on Friday for the rollout of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. Vaccinations could begin today with the White House staff, healthcare workers and the elderly being first in line. Sunny, how do you think markets are going to process this news and will it boost buying or is it already factored in? Well, I think it's uh, very much the latter in a sense that uh, we've seen the market pop up um, ever since Pfizer announced its vaccine success and followed by a few other after that so i think um while while there's optimism it's it's more forward looking uh, as to what the future holds rather than immediate because i think a lot of it has really been uh, priced into the markets now, sticking with U.S. markets, a bipartisan group of U.S. lawmakers are set to unveil a $900 billion U.S. dollar COVID relief package today. So, Sonny, we've been talking about new U.S. stimulus for what seems like many months now. Is this the week that U.S. Congress finally passes one? And if so, will U.S. President Donald Trump sign it? What do you think? Well, yeah, it's been long and coming. And I think um, the general feeling is that... Um, for political optics, um, it's really in the uh, it's really in the in, in the favor of both the Republicans and Democrats to get it done before Christmas. Um, I don't think it will go well down with either side of the aisle supporters if 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 they don't do so um, because people are suffering. There's evictions. There are people who can't pay their utilities and so on. And, and it's a festive season, so I do think both parties will try their very best to get it. Uh, done with uh, before before Christmas, and I think uh, the president. And if they put it on the on on the table of uh, President Donald Trump, it may be difficult for him not to sign on again. He doesn't want to be seen as the culprit on, um, that that's going to scuttle this whole festive season with with with, with not signing it. Hmm. Okay, so your expectations are before Christmas then. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, sorry. <laughs> Did you want to add to that, Sunny? Uh, no, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. I, <laughs> I think for for optical reasons, I think I think they they, they will do it before Christmas. All right. I want to turn to Europe now then. The UK and the EU have agreed to extend Brexit trade talks. A self-imposed deadline was set to expire yesterday. So in your view, Sunny, is this an extension? Uh, is this extension rather a sign that the two sides will be able to hammer out a deal or is it all again for optics? Um, it could be because prior prior to that, both sides, both Brussels and Downing Street were saying, you know, they, they, they don't have anything on the table or it's going to be, or they were kind of managing market expectation by sounding out the market that a deal may, may end up without, uh, or they may end up without a deal. And now at the very last minute, um, they're expanding it. it. It does show that they are actually trying their very best to get at least something on the table. So, so I think the effort is there, and I think um, eventually something will come out. But the big question is, uh, how, to what degree? Um, so, but I, I, I don't think we're going to get something very concrete. But I think we're going to get at least, you know, maybe a third of what everybody's expecting, or a third of what both sides are expecting. So there'll be something at least 
not a zero with, with, with failed type of scenario, which will be the worst outcome. Well, the markets appear to like the news. The British pound has strengthened about 1% against both the euro and the US dollar. Sani Hamid is my guest today in Market View. He's Director for Wealth Management at Financial Alliance. If we stick with currencies, Sunny, the Chinese yuan is trading at a two-year high against the US dollar, around 6.55. So two questions for you about this. First, aside from a general US dollar weakness, do you see other factors that are boosting the value of the renminbi? Uh, yes, yes, I do. Um, there has been a slew of um, index inclusions into several key international indices, whether it's equities or bond indices. So f- international fund managers um, will need to include some Chinese stocks, Chinese bonds into into their portfolios because of that. I think that's that's prompting uh, an inflow into into Chinese assets. And secondly, the the so-called uh, interest rate differential. Uh, is in favor of China, and therefore people in search of yields um, will, will actually want to own Chinese assets because the higher higher yields. So the, these factors, inclu- including the fact that China has so-called managed the COVID situation much better, there's an improvement in the economy. They are all coming together to 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 make China a little bit more better, relatively speaking, to everybody else. Some analysts, including Citigroup's chief China economist, think that the renminbi could strengthen another 10% over the course mm-hmm. of 2021. What is your view, Sunny? So yeah, so, yeah, so like, I guess with the inflows itself, uh, that would equate a strengthening of the, the, the currency or the yuan itself. Um, but at the same time, the PBOC, the, the People's Bank of China, the central bank itself will have to play it quite carefully because, um, again, a strengthening currency doesn't work into favor with respect to, to the economy, i.e. it may actually dampen the, the, the recovery in the economy, uh, make exporters uh, more uncompetitive and such. So um, while on one hand you have capital flows uh, potentially pushing up the currency, on the other hand, um, there's this, always this risk that the central bank may step in and guide the, uh, the, the UN lower just to send a signal mm. uh, that um, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Right. Now, just a little over an hour ago, Japan released its latest quarterly Tankan survey of business sentiment. And while the numbers are still in negative territory, there are signs that businesses are growing more optimistic. So do you think investors could take this as a positive sign for investing in Japanese equities in the year ahead? Yeah, Japanese equities have done extremely well. Um, I mean, both from a technical and also fundamental perspective. Uh, the 2000 sorry, the 25,000 level has been a so-called strong resistance. Um, that has held for a couple of years. Um, and, and, and therefore, the, the breaking of that level has seen the Nikkei jump up. And now the psychological 30,000 level is in sight. Um, but fundamentally itself, as you mentioned, the Tankan survey, and, and we see this across the world, mm-hmm. uh, manufacturers themselves, they are turning bullish for two reasons. One is people are coming out from lockdowns um, gradually across the world, especially with the vaccine. And secondly also is that um, a lot of inventory was drawn down during the lockdown period. So a lot of companies, um, they, they are now restocking back inventory. So there's a demand, both from real demand from consumers and demand from for, for the restocking of inventories. So manufacturers worldwide are seeing this this, this optimism add on with the, the COVID situation or COVID vaccine. And, and, and there's no surprise that sentiment is improving across, including in Japan. 
All right, let's take a look now at what's happening at home. The Straits Times Index finished down about two-thirds of a percent last week. The Blue Chip Index posted stellar returns in November, but has now fallen two weeks in a row. Sunny, what is your take on Singapore stocks, and do you expect to see another rally before the year's end or continued consolidation? We'll probably take a breather for for, for, for time being, but I do think we could see higher higher levels. I mean, there are a few teams playing in the market. One of them is um, U.S. to the rest of the world, um, growth to value, mm-hmm. uh, stay-at-home stocks to, to traditional stocks which have been beaten down. And I think Singapore falls into this category of, of being more value-oriented, being in the rest of the world and also being beaten down. So we could see a repositioning and reallocation of some money which which uh, had, had left, so to say, and I think that should drive stocks. So again, I think I need to emphasize, we're seeing what we call a rebalancing back to neutral. A lot of, a lot of indices, a lot of countries were beaten down all the way to a so-called oversold position. So the reallocation back is to bring them back to a neutral position. Uh, that in itself would drive stocks up 10 20%, even maybe to the extent of let's say 30 in certain places you have beaten down quite badly. Um, but that doesn't necessarily tell you that someone is bullish because mm-hmm. that, would, that would be from neutral to overweight. Uh, but, but this first leg of this rally, I think, um, still has some legs to go and I think that will lead into the, at least the first few months of next year. Any indication at all in terms of uh, you know the shape of that rally given today? The SDI is at 28.55, at 1.21%. I think just a rule of thumb would be everybody would be looking at the pre-COVID levels. Mm. So I think for Singapore, it's roughly about 3,000, 3,001. Mm-hmm. So, and for other countries, it would be different. So countries which have lagged behind and not retaken back their pre-COVID levels, um, I think the anticipation is they're going to at least, at the very least, visit that level uh, um, to, to kind of uh, bring it back to normal. Great talking to you. Thank you, Sunny, for joining for us. Sunny Hamid is Director for Wealth Management at Financial Alliance. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.